those of you who <clears throat> may still have your eyes open might have noticed a, a definite cause for concern, perhaps even for alarm, since I'm standing up here and I have the mic on. My notice thoughts in the mind. He's standing up. He's going to try to make me stand up. I'm not going to stand up. They can't make me stand up. There's no way I'm going to stand up. Oh, great. Get to stand up. We usually often speak of standing meditation as, a, as an antidote to sleepiness. It's mostly when we hear about it, oh, if you're feeling really sleepy, you could try standing up. But it's one of the four postures that uh, are mentioned in the instructions in the Satipatthana. I actually, when I teach, I often talk about five postures, sitting, standing, walking, reclining, and in-betweening. <clears throat> in-betweening is a really good posture. And the Venerable Ananda actually realized full awakening as he was going from standing to reclining. So when you go to bed, be ready. <clears throat> so I'm going to offer a possibility that you might join me for some standing meditation, but Here are the rules. Rule number one, you do not have to do it. Rule number two, if you ever feel at all uneasy, unstable, lightheaded, or in any way insecure, you should sit down immediately. And rule number three, you can stand for as short or long a time as you wish. So all that said, anyone who wishes, may join me in the standing posture, <clears throat> which I have found over the time, and especially uh, some years ago, I started doing standing meditation. I had been introduced to it a long time ago, but I started doing it regularly uh, on retreat as, uh, for its own sake, and not just as a, a kind of uh, you know, antidote to, to dullness or sleepiness. And those of you who are still sitting, you can translate some of what I say as it would apply to the sitting posture in terms of uh, some of the guidance through the sensations in the body and so forth that might come. They'll, they'll apply uh, just in a slight translation for you. <clears throat> so as we begin, and you can decide if it feels uh, comfortable uh, to be on your uh, Zabutan on the mat, or if you'd rather be on the, the wooden floor. The wooden floor might feel a little more stable, but it's also not quite as soft. And I would recommend placing the feet somewhere between hip and shoulder width apart, as feels comfortable, and more or less uh, parallel facing forward, but that uh, should be uh, a personal choice in terms of what feels comfortable slightly turned out might feel more natural to you. 
and beginning just with this sense of uh, allowing the awareness to rest right within the body in the same way that we might begin with the sitting. And we could, uh, we have talked about uh, using the words, there is a body that applies in this posture. It's still this frame applies, is meaningful, relevant. There is a body, body standing, earth standing on earth. And just that sense of the overall uh, flow. And I would recommend that you really check and see, is it uh, more easeful to have the eyes closed or open? And you may even move between times when it feels better to open the eyes and times when you'd rather have them gently closed. If you feel stable and balanced with them closed, that can be really nice. But open is great too. And start by feeling the feet on the floor. sense of of rooting down into the earth through the feet, a stable base there, even though it's just these two points. Not inherently stable. A third leg would be handy. Tripods are more stable. We don't have that. Is it a duopod? And then let the attention move uh, slowly up the legs and especially taking notice of the knees that they're not locked back tight. So it might even feel like you put a slight bend in the knees. Not something that would be visible from the outside to anyone else necessarily, but a bit of a release there through the thighs, check and see, make sure you're not gripping those big muscles in the front or back of the thighs. But the hips can be easy. Don't need to be grabbing around the area of the hips or tightening in the large muscles of the buttocks. Don't need to grip those in order to stand generally. can allow the belly to be soft. Torso and chest are open. The gentle curves in the back that are naturally there in the spine. Shoulders can be dropped, the shoulder blades sliding down the back. The arms resting at your sides, or if it's more comfortable, perhaps in front or behind, gently resting where it feels easeful to you. Back of the neck, long, chin perhaps slightly tucked. Crown of the head moving towards the sky, feet rooted into the earth. Jaw relaxed, tongue 
relaxed, eyes resting in the sockets. And if you'd like to, for a moment or two, you just let the weight move very slightly, first to the right side. It doesn't have to go all the way over there, just a little bit, shifting the weight to the right foot, feeling that change, and back through the middle and to the left foot. Just the sense of shifting And you can go slowly, gently back and forth, getting smaller and smaller till you feel a sense of having arrived uh, in the middle as much as, as you can determine that without worrying about it too much. The weight even on the feet. And once you've come to stillness, you could again move ever so slightly just to the, towards the toes, the fronts of the feet, the balls of the feet, and back through the center part to the heels in your own rhythm, letting that become more and more uh, refined and subtle till you arrive again at a place that feels as though the weight were evenly distributed on the feet. Check the knees again to make sure they're not locked or gripped. There is a body standing, standing, standing. This open field of sensation, this direct experience of body this flow, this flux of changing sensations arising and passing. This manifestation of nature, really in meditation, all we're doing is exploring nature. Nature externally, in the world around us, nature internally, within the body, nature manifesting as pressure, tension, tightness, vibration, warmth, coolness, uprightness, hardness, softness, all these different sensations, these, this dance of the elements, you could say, of earth, Hardness, texture, softness, solidity of water, movement, flowing, cohesion of air, again, movement, pressure, vibration, and of heat or fire, temperature, warmth, coolness.
earth, resting on earth, because that's the nature. Body rests there. It's the nature of things. You don't have to hold it down. You don't have to hold the awareness or grip it, the mindfulness. Let it rest within that, within that field, receiving the sensations. Perhaps noticing the movement associated with the the breath as it enters and leaves the body. light touching sensations or coolness, warmth at the nostrils or the back of the throat. Movement at the chest, rising, falling at the abdomen. Say hello to the breath. It's been with you since you took your first breath. It'll be with you until you take your last breath in this life. It's our companion. Hello, little breath. Perhaps wishing the breath well. May you be at ease. Exploring nature, manifesting body, breath, receiving sounds, another aspect of the nature, sound contacting the ear door, hearing, hearing consciousness arising as a result, hearing, hearing, hearing. So we establish, as we have been this, in these days, leading up to now, this past week, we establish a point of reference. It's like placing a stick in a river. A point of reference or a gentle framing. And then the flow of experience in relation to that frame, there is a body, the reference, the anchor, gentle anchor of body, of breath, of hearing, perhaps. Place to begin, a place to begin again. And then we rest there, receiving life, exploring nature as it comes to us through the contacts at the senses, 
at the sense doorways, at the sense bases, contact in the body, sensing. At the eye door and seeing, the ear door, hearing. At the mind door, minding. Contact and knowing this natural process happening by itself. Inclining the practice towards what's simple and easeful. And weaving this thread of friendliness right within this intention to show up for the life as it expresses itself this inherently kind movement of mind to be here and now with this experience of our life. It's like we're caring for it by being there. And if you're standing, taking time once in a while just to Check in with the body. Is there ease? Is there interest in practicing in this posture? Is it time to sit down perhaps? And if you feel the desire, the urge, the intention arising to sit, maybe just stay standing for another second or two. Just feeling that desire to move, to sit, the intention. Maybe I'll stand for another breath, perhaps opening the eyes. And then when you're ready, of course, change to the sitting posture.
Good morning, friends. You might uh, consider if it felt interesting to you or it does at some other time to uh, weave some periods of <coughs> standing meditation into your days. Could be as we did in the hall. A nice place to do some standing is when you reach the end of your walking path. And you might pause there before turning and just do some standing meditation for a few moments, noticing then the intention to turn if that arises. Pay attention to the turning. I've often thought if I become fully enlightened, it will be while I'm turning at the end of my walking path. And then you could stand again after the turning is complete before beginning to walk again. Sometimes I really love to do standing meditation outside, outdoors, and to uh, use the experience of hearing as a kind of anchor then. This symphony of sound that can arise. Contact at the ear door. Some of you uh, stayed standing the whole time along with me. It gets kind of intense sometimes. Hardness becomes quite obvious. Earth element in the feet. I had one three-month retreat where I did at least one period of standing every day for at least an hour, I think, at that time. And I noticed, one thing I noticed was when I found myself standing just, you know, in a line or standing somewhere in my life off retreat, I had trained that posture as a meditative posture and I would notice the mind would move towards uh, meditating more readily in the same way as when you assume the, your usual meditation posture, the, the mind knows, oh, that's what I'm doing here increased the range of postures in which meditation might arise. So you can think about it, don't have to do it. And you might also consider some periods of reclining meditation. Can be a little tricky. My mind tends to wander more in the reclining posture. There's the obvious Uh, inclination or tendency maybe to go towards sleepiness. But one can train this posture also in the same way. It can be a great posture to practice in. Do you have any questions or maybe some comments about your experience in the standing or questions about uh, anything that's been said or something that's coming up for you? Oh, did we want the mic? <coughs> so I've been playing with um, mental noting and 
it's like soft mental noting um, with the increasing number of of um, foundations and then including um, the volition too. And although I found it helpful at the beginning to like establish more of a continuity of mindfulness, it actually seemed to be a little bit destabilizing more recently, even with noting like every tenth on the instruction to note every like tenth um, thing that was arising. And it seemed really helpful to just rest in in awareness itself as the object. And I'm wondering, this might be a huge question, but I'm wondering if awareness itself, conscious awareness itself, is also impermanent. Uh, Before I address the last question, when the experience of feeling, you said, unstable or destabilized, Mm -hmm. is that showing up as a a feeling, physical uh, sensation, or just the sense of, of, um, I'm I'm curious what the actual experience of that is. It seemed like too many things happening. So the the attention was starting. Yeah, so... um, there can be times when uh, the mindfulness, the continuity is, is uh, quite refined and quite steady when the, um, the, the perception of, of the number of objects arising and passing uh, will become quite, quite uh, a lot, you could say, very fast. And the mindfulness won't be able to keep up with it. And, and you'll... You'll, you know, if you try, it, it's it's it'll get tense. So it's um, you have to to not keep the, yeah, let go of the noting then probably. Um, and then it's fine. The the quality of the knowing mind, or you could say awareness, is uh, is a is a valid object. And if that helps um, to feel a little, sometimes it can be so rapid the change that. It can it can even lead to feelings of, of um, dizziness almost, or uh, some people feel kind of slightly ill in the stomach at those times. Those that can happen, so don't worry if you notice that kind of thing. Um, and yes, uh, consciousness is imp- well. Depends on who you ask. You're asking me. <laughs> You're asking me. <laughs> if you ask some other people, they'll. There's, there's. Okay. You know how if you are a scientist and you do an experiment, and you're studying light, and if you set up your experiment one way, light looks like a particle. It behaves like a particle, and there's even a name, a photon. And you can measure it, and it's measurable in that way. If you set up your experiment another way, it behaves and acts like a wave. It's neither a particle nor a wave, but if you look at it a certain way, it has characteristics of those things, measurable in that way. You could look at consciousness. It's neither permanent nor impermanent in a sense of depending on how you measure it. So it's possible, and mindfulness can get so refined that it can 
um, notice the moment of contact and the arising and passing of consciousness as a result of that contact. That is, um, sometimes the, one sees that. Do not make it a goal. Oh, now they're saying I have to watch consciousness arise and pass away. But if you look at it another way, it might not, it might not look that way. And in some traditions, particularly in the Thai forest tradition, they will talk about the, and I read a quotation, um, uh, the, Ajahn Man referred to the primal mind or uh, that which knows, and they will look at it in a way uh, um, that that has more of an ongoingness to it. And uh, it's really, really depends on how you see it. But I'm more on the arising and passing of consciousness <laughs> side of thing, and having seen that in my own experience at times, uh, it's clear to me that it can be measured in that way. Does that confuse you even more? <laughs> um, no, so check and see. Okay. I would hold it as an open question. Oh, I wonder, is it? Isn't it? It actually doesn't matter, does it? In a certain way, it's fine either way. Uh, in my, you know, I'm down with it either way. Like, <laughs> it's not going to like mess you up to have it turn out to be <laughs> primal mind. <laughs> I don't think. You know, realize the nature, true nature of the primal mind. Yeah, to that. Realize the impermanent nature of all phenomena, including consciousness. Yeah. The, the thing we're interested in is letting go. Don't hold on to either one of them. There's nothing there to hold on to anyway. So you might as well not bother because you're not going to be able to do it. It's easier just to let, let her know. What we're doing in the practice is we're giving back to nature what we mistakenly appropriated as our own. And, and if we have this attitude, oh, it's just, I'm just observing nature, natural processes, I don't have to lay claim to any aspect of that. It's not necessary doesn't do any good, doesn't get us anywhere. Except maybe somewhere in the realm of dukkha. Dukkha is that holding on to that which cannot be grasped. And the release of that, release it, let go any time you get a chance. It doesn't matter when you let go. What is it Joseph says? It does not matter to what you do not cling. Such a Josephism. <laughs> and he might say this too it doesn't matter when you do not cling. That's the instruction. Pay attention and don't cling. Just do that, you're golden. No problemo. Uh, another question. Um, sorry, I'm babbling on. I've been looking at this idea of filters that you talked about, and I'm just trying to get some clarity about it. Is it simply the filter of aversive or grasping or neutral, or is it our sort of complex 
what we bring to this cushion, to this time, to now, is that the filter that you're speaking about? Because I, I'm seeing both, and and there's a lot of filter there. Mm. So, um, and it impacts. I'm seeing that that what I'm bringing to it impacts how I see it, mm. and just getting clearer about that. So I'm just wondering if you can talk a little bit more about this idea of filter. I'd say the answer to your questions is yes, to both. Did I talk about filters? Did one of my colleagues, do you want to say something about it? I mean, it's like you could say we put on certain glasses and we might put on the glasses of our personal history. I'll say a few words and then I'll let Joseph speak. We might be uh, seeing through the filter of a mood that's very subtle, that is, it's affecting the way we see everything, but it's so subtle sometimes that, that it goes unnoticed. But then we start to notice it in the way you did and see, wow, it's affecting everything, everything. We don't have to get into, make it a problem, but it's really good to know and notice. Do you want to say something, Joseph? Okay, <laughs> I got, so uh, yeah, great question and great thing to notice and we're out of time. So um, we have meetings, individual meetings which have been posted and um, the only really, only announcement I have is that tonight is a big honking full moon it's one of those extra big ones, somewhere between 11 and 14% brighter than other full moons. And it will be rising very near the planet Mars, which just happens to be closer than it's been in at least 15 years. And if you've noticed it in the evening, it's very bright and reddish. And they'll be rising. And if you time it just right, you can see Venus, Jupiter, Saturn, the moon, Mars. And some cool stars will come out, like Antares and Arcturus and Spica. And I will not be pointing these out to you. <laughs> but there will be great beauty, which we are surrounded by all the time here. So, um, but if you're like me, you will find that very cool this evening. So, uh, and thank you for your practice. And, um, yeah. Have appreciation for yourselves today, for your efforts, for the goodness of your intention. Turn to that intentionally at some point if you can. And if you can't find it, just remember, I can see it. And you can look through my eyes at yourself. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.